What is up, everybody? Welcome to Bench Chatter, the common man's NBA podcast. I'm your host, Colin, here with my co-host, Noah, coming at you live right before the NBA Finals start up. Noah, it's been a minute. It has been a minute, Colin. You know, sometimes life just happens. Uh, you know, me and Colin, we were producing podcasts every week during the NBA season. Two podcasts a week, Two podcasts Con. a week. Two podcasts um, a you week, know, most weeks. Getting burnout is definitely a very real thing, Colin. And, you know, we just took a little month break. Yeah, um, you know. Didn't really plan on it, but, you know, sometimes <laughs> life just happens. We're busy men, Con. We're very, we're very busy men. Kind of. Sometimes. Sometimes it happens. I don't know. Yeah, it's... It's a bummer it happened in the, uh, the the playoffs, but honestly, Noah, it was it was an okay playoffs. I I was kind of fine not getting on here and talking about it every night because man, I feel like we would just would have been pissed off. Um, the conference finals, Con, definitely uh, yeah, killed the vibe. Yeah, no, the conference finals. It was just weird. It was weird. I mean. You had a team in the Mavericks that they were, they themselves weren't happy to be here, to be there, but the entire media was like, hey, look, guys, you did it, you know, hats off, welcome to the club, now uh, make room for the big boys, and that's exactly what the Warriors did, I mean, defensively, the Warriors were just much too much for them, you know, Steve Kerr just had a much better game plan for the Mavs than Monty Williams did. You know, because no, in watching that series <laughs> with the Suns, the the Suns were kind of like anybody but Luca can beat us, mm-hmm. and that that was kind of the mentality they took. And so they they would put these double teams, these triple teams, like they would just have two guys on Luca at all times. You know, the screener would always be standing there. You'd always have kind of that like cover man in the paint, like waiting to see what Luca did. And that's how the Suns attacked it, and the Warriors were just kind of like, well, Luka's going to get his, but we can guard everybody else, so let's just do that. And that's exactly what they did, and they shut down Jalen Brunson, they shut down the role players, and I mean, granted, at times the role players just shut themselves down. There was that game where Reggie Bullock... Maxi Kleber and Bertans combined for like O of thirteen from the field and from three and like one of nineteen from the field. So you're not winning too many games like that. But the Warriors just they outclassed them, right? And and I think we knew that would happen. Yeah, uh, the war, the Mavericks are just like the next the the next team in line. Con that you know gets to a conference finals loses to a much more superior Warriors team, and it's. It's a hurdle that anyone who wants to go through the West um, really has to go through, Con. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like you said, the Mavs said, Luka can do his thing, but, you know, we're going to shut down these other guys, and inevitably you're just going to not be able to keep up with us. Yeah. They were getting – the Warriors were getting so many shots at the rim, Con. It was insane. Kevon Looney had a, an amazing series against the Mavericks. Yeah, he did. I mean, there was that meme on Twitter going around where, you know, it's the NBA playoffs where every single center gets played off the court except Kevon Looney. Yeah. <laughs> he just gets, like, forgot about on their offense just because the whole defense is so yeah. much worried about the other four guys that he just finds himself open, like, so many times. And so he's actually times. a pretty underrated passer. 
which I imagine, you know, when you're in that kind of defense, which a warrior is so like, yeah. free-flowing and, you know, everyone's pushing the war. I imagine it's uh, easy to get into that mindset, and he's a professor for a man. Yeah, he is. And, he, I mean, he's that perfect player, too, because, you know, just w- when you're on the Warriors, and I think we're seeing with it with Andrew Wiggins, is it's it's so much easier to do those things when everybody else is doing their thing because you just mm-hmm. find yourself open, you know. I, I think it's just so much easier to figure out what you're good at and how to play to your strengths when you have the floor spacing that Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and even Jordan Poole provide. I mean, like, how can you how can you jam up the paint? You know, they're they're gonna mm-hmm. they're gonna throw up sixty threes and maybe make thirty of them. Who knows? Um, yeah, it's uh, it's incredibly interesting. I think that Steve Kerr just hats off to him, man. That offense, I, I think it, for the first time we're really getting an exhibition of what Steve Kerr can do as a coach just because even though Steph's still top five player in the league caliber, he's definitely not prime Steph Curry caliber player. And so he's had to do more with the offense, had to scheme a little bit more. He plays so hard on defense, too. Like, Looney or Steph? I don't know. Steph Curry yeah. plays so hard on the defensive end. Yeah. You know, earlier in Steph's career, was, you know, that he got picked on. He was like the Trey Young, yeah. you know. But, you know, along with having a fantastic defense behind him, he tries so hard on defense to where he's like. He's not a negative for the Warriors. No, it's crazy. Um, yeah, he kind of adopted the uh, the Pat Bev. I'm just gonna run around and do shit. Pat. Like, I just feel like he's just running all the time. Yeah, I like, was uh, I was actually kind of worried, Colin, about the Warriors because honestly, they didn't look great in that Warrior or in that Grizzly. Like Grizzlies didn't Morant. You know, the Warriors still yeah. won, but. They were giving up so many points to and and they honestly weren't in the greatest form coming to this conference finals. And then um, they were fully grooving Colin against Cavs at points. Like it was like you know I was getting like I was like man this team just looks uh, the team that we watched we as finals uh, their defense is humming Colin coming into this finals and they got they have a lot of momentum. Uh, we're talking about Steve Kerr, and I was listening to a podcast conscious about like uh-huh. things Steve had to do this season. He said one of the biggest changes that they made um, is Steve plan coming into the season was Andrew Wiggins is kind of the uh, sixth con. So like when they sub at like three minutes in the first quarter, Steve Kerr uh-huh. was like playing, leaving Wiggins in with the secondary squad, and he was, um, you know, with that much. Uh, you know, with him needing to take the shots on that second unit, he was kind of playing like Timberwolves T. Wiggins, yeah. uh, where he was just taking bad shots. And then Steve Kerr realized at a certain point that Jordan Poole should be the sixth man and that Andrew Wiggins should only really play with, you know, the starters, like uh-huh. Draymond or Steph. Um, and that, like, flipped the Warriors' offense around. And I was just like, that's, like, people think, I don't know if people still think Steve Kerr is, like, not a great coach. And, you know, he just he just happens to coach Steph Curry. Uh, but he is a really good coach. Colin. He's a fantastic coach. I mean, I'm I'm a Steve Kerr guy through and through. I've talked about him on this podcast multiple times. What he's done to help rebuild this Warriors team and what he's done as a scout. 
Because people forget he was a GM mm-hmm. before he was a coach. And the reason he became a coach was because he got so fed up not being able to make on-court decisions that he was like, fuck it. Like, I'm I'm being a coach. I, I need to have <laughs> control of the actual team. It's so fucking annoying not being able to do that. So, no, I'm I'm a Steve Kerr guy. I mean, he he stepped in at the right time. You know, he stepped in right as the Splash Brothers became the Splash Brothers. But, one, the culture he builds, and then, two, the way that he can figure out lineups, man. I mean, it's, it's impressive. He's, he's actually, like, crazy good con at just, like, um, I don't know what you would call it, like the nuances of going through a basketball game. Like he yeah. knows exactly when to call timeouts, when to take guys on and off the court. Like that's an actual like pretty tough skill that not every NBA coach has. Yeah, because the uh, like it, it's been blown up, and I, I think it's maybe more like the uh, I, I don't want to talk down like the the Twitter NBA fans that just kind of catch the highlights and the box scores. Like, you might think that Jordan Poole is, like, a third Splash Brother. And he kind of is. He kind of is. He can be. But they only run that, like, Jordan Poole, like, small ball lineup, like, eight minutes a game. It's something like that, like, on average. Like, it's not like they're running that lineup Mm -hmm. all the time. Because they can go nuclear on offense, but defensively, that's their worst scheme. And if you've Jordan noticed, Jordan Poole gets picked on. Yeah, and if you've noticed, Jordan Poole's not playing the last four minutes of the game. Noah, Kevon Looney's mm-hmm. playing. Mm-hmm. And because it's, I don't think it's like a, a disrespect to Jordan Poole. It's just Steve Kerr understanding, you know, this is the best lineup to close a game out. It's the most balanced lineup offensively and defensively. You know, we can still go nuclear if Steph and Clay can get on theirs. You know, and Andrew Wiggins has shown the propensity to just put guys on a goddamn poster. You know, the offense still flows and just the intricacies of how even still small that lineup is because you're running Dre at the five. Like, it's still a small ball lineup. It works. And Kavon Looney mm-hmm. just on the defensive end, I mean, he's been able to figure it out, and it's it's impressive, man. I think these Warriors are, are destined for another chip. I, they're getting GP2 back on as well for the uh, finals. Um, Gary the Payton the, the second. Mitten on this podcast, pal. I know it's Gary been a month, Payton but the, the second. Otto Porter Jr. and Andre Iguodala all play today. Um, Andre Iguodala probably won't play. Otto Porter's no. actually been playing like 20 minutes a night for the Warriors yeah. con, and he has been playing pretty well for them. Um, Wiggins. we got to talk about Wiggins con. He's been all playing right. very well. Um, I've been impressed with what Did Wiggins has been doing on the playoffs. And... The inaugural Magic Johnson Western Conference champion player <laughs> of the conference <laughs> trophy. You know, he guarded Luka quite a bit in that series, Con. Yeah, he did. But I don't think he deserved it. Did you see anybody <laughs> on Twitter say that? Because I saw a couple, yeah. and I was like, okay, all right. Sure thing, pal. <laughs> Steph Curry, Con, um, in what this is what he's averaging in the fourth quarter of this playoff so far. Right. 57% field goal percentage, 44% three-point field goal percentage, and 89.7 free throw percentage. That's actually decent for him. The, other two the Warriors are one of the 
I don't want to get into it early, too early, Colin, but one of the Warriors' best attributes is that they're a very good third-quarter third team. Like, Always. the Warriors come out of halftime looking to, like, finish the game in the third quarter. You know yeah. what I mean? No, and, I mean, that's been their thing for yeah, yeah, like yeah years. Yeah. And the, the Celtics are a very bad third-quarter team. <laughs> Ooh. All right, all right. Let's, let's put a lid on the Warriors for a moment. Let's One recap. Okay. Steph Curry is now twenty one and four con playoff series. Win loss of like the playoff series. Playoff series so, one loss. So he's lost to the Cavs and the Raptors in the NBA finals. Let me see if I can get the others. Does the, the one in the play in tourney count? No. Cause it says series. Oh, I don't series. I guess I don't the think series. that's a series. So then, who did he lose to like the Spurs one year? I was gonna say I think they lost to the Spurs, and then they, I think they got bouts in the first round one year to somebody like random, maybe the Lakers, maybe the Clippers, maybe the Ma- no, no, no. You're probably thinking of the year where they beat the Mavs, the Warriors. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When they were <laughs> the eight seed. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's correct. Twenty-one and four in his playoff series right now, Colin career. That's that's decent. We can get into legacy stuff, but I think that if Steph wins this one, I mean, I think it's high time for a real conversation. He's a top ten player. I think if he wins this one, I think so too. People well, already people are already putting him there, and I am starting to understand the argument. It's just bumping somebody. Just makes it harder. It's going to get harder and harder to bump these guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, we talked about this before. Yeah. Just going to become a top 15 of all time. Yeah, exactly. And then in 20 years, it'll be the top 20 and so on, blah, blah, blah. All right, let's 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 talk about the Eastern Conference because this was – it Not was fun. maybe the most bizarre seven-game series I've ever watched. No, it, it was the most bizarre seven-game series I've ever watched. This was some ugly, ugly basketball, Colin. It was, like, straight up, like, not fun to watch. I'm going to be honest. I watched four games of this series. I think I'm the same. I think I probably I really tuned would... in at some point to six of the games and probably caught a cumulative three and a half or four. I was not vibing with this series, Con. Um, it was a very it's. So, would you say, Con? Would you say that the Celtics and the Heat both played well in this series? Um, no, no. <laughs> the Heat didn't play well. The Heat definitely you, did not play well. Jimmy yeah. Butler played pretty well. Jimmy P- J- Butler played. I'm, damn I gotta well. say, Con. I am a known Jimmy Butler hater. Yeah, but he had a he had a hell of a playoffs. Like he... this is like he has he now has two certified playoff runs to his name, Con, and he he gained some respect in my book. I'll give him that because he was one man armying it he, out there. Straight up, I mean the the Heat starting backcourt went seven quarters, scoring two points at one point. Seven quarters, they they amassed two total points. I told you this the other night, Con, but it was like Kyle Lowry was playing like he was poorly cosplaying Chris Paul. Yeah, right? Like, he just didn't look like he knew what to do out there. It was it was really absurd. Like, he that was is a, atrocious. Um, that is a yikes contract now, Con. 
if yeah. he's going to look like that. I mean, like, he looked good all year, too, Con, all regular season. Yeah, he really did. I mean, and maybe that tells you, you know, he had a couple different points in the regular season where he was out for an extended amount of time with injuries. And he even missed some time in the playoffs this year with injuries. So maybe you can maybe you can write it off to that. But yeah, I mean he had a three game stretch. The first three games he played in the series because he missed the first two, he amassed a total of fourteen points. Averaging twenty seven minutes a game. I was wondering, Colin, do you think that the Heat's system is just not built to, like, get Bam a bunch of shots because they're looking to get threes, you know, instead of, say, shots for Bam? Because I can't tell if they don't think Bam's there as a player offensively yet or if they just don't go through him like that because he needs to be taking a lot more shots. Yeah, he needs to be taking a lot more shots because the one game we saw him go off, I mean, they just dominated him. He dominated the Celtics. I think he had like 35 yeah he had 38 uh yeah no he had 31 31 10 and 6 but yeah, i mean he was taken out early he just looked so much better than that you know mm-hmm. he uh i it's weird because there are times where the heat do go through him and then there's games where they just don't do it. And it seems to me not like a, this is how the Heat run their offensive type thing and more of a game-to-game thing. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know what Spolster is seeing in these matchups as to why they at times choose not to run through Bam. And I, I, I lean on the idea that, you know, he knows what he's doing and whatever Boston's doing defensively just doesn't suit Bam's playing style. Mm-hmm. But then you've got, like, game... What was it? Game... I mean, they ended up winning game six, but Bam put up six points. Or it was game five. And it's like, well, I don't... I don't know that that... That's quite necessary. Oh, no, it was game yeah. six. When, when Jimmy went nuclear and posted 47... Bam only had six points. Mm-hmm. I uh, we got to talk about Colin about Duncan Robinson only averaging twelve minutes in this entire playoffs. Um, a guy Colin who had a pretty rocky regular season and it carried right into the playoffs, and now the Heat are looking at a guy who is a one way shooter that they're paying seventeen million a year. Colin, I can't. Max Struess was the Heat's best shooting guard this whole playoffs. Colin, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we kind of talked about it the other day, but, you know, what what you kind of pointed out was Duncan Robinson there, there was a lot of ideas on Twitter going around that he wasn't getting playing time because of how bad he was defensively, which did factor into it. But his three-point shooting was abysmal in the postseason. And he mm-hmm. to the point where, like, you could just tell he wasn't confident in himself to take these shots. So then, why yeah, on earth he was pa- you... he was like passing up shots that we we would see him take in the past, Con, and that's probably the worst sign you want to see from a pure three from, point shooter. Yeah, the guy that you're paying ninety million dollars to shoot threes for, yeah, I'd uh, I'd be upset too. 
And I mean, granted, Max Struess and Gabe Vincent, like those dudes, stepped up. They had some shots. They had some games where they played played really well. But this just is not what Duncan Robinson is supposed to be there for. The you know? seeing Max Struess and Gabe Vincent play so well, Colin, is like so interesting towards the like concept of team building, and that you know, yeah, sometimes it's easy to. It's, Sometimes it might be better to just pay guys like Max Struess and Gabe Benson, you know, like 1.9 a year. And, like, it's kind of the same thing with, like, backup point guards, Con. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, if you can't get a premium one, you just go, like, draft a Monty Morris or something. Yeah. Um, it's a really interesting, like, way that the Heat kind of have to think about how they want to split this cap. Because probably their biggest decision of the offseason, Con, is that Tyler Hero is eligible for a... Five-year, $186 million rookie extension. Well, yeah. So you, you can't pay him that, but you got to figure out what the uh, the price is because he deserves some money. His numbers, Colin, he played 10 games this regular season as a starter and 56 off the bench. His points per game were both at 20, but his efficiencies as a starter were 36% um, field goal. 46 off the bench, 42 off, 42% from three off the bench, and 30% from three as a starter. So, like, Something it's clearly obvious he just won six man. Like, he is a six man. That's his best role. But you can't pay a six man the money he's eligible for. Yeah, but like, he, would, he still averaged starter minutes. So, like, it's not you like he was playing. You want to hear his uh, playoff <laughs> stats so far? Well, so far it's over. It's not a hero. He's, he plays for the Heat, dude. They're done. <laughs> In I, 2020, he averaged 16 points and a really good bubble run. 38% from three. Um, last year, he averaged nine points, 32% field goal, 32 point from three. And this year he averaged 12 and a half. 41% field goal, 23% from three, but he was hurt. Yeah, and he was clearly hurt, so I'm not... What's a recontract, Colin? You would want Tyler Hero if you were... If I was Tyler Hero? Like, what, what am I no, saying? No, if you were the Heat trying to sign Tyler Hero. Um... Uh, I'd give him... I'd give him 25 mil a year, so... Five years, one twenty-five. I think that's fair. Yeah. Where are you yeah. at? What would you give him? I was thinking anywhere from like twenty to twenty-five. If he's like down with eighteen, I'd go down to eighteen. But I don't think he's down with eighteen. No, he's not down with eighteen. And this market, especially in like the market high. of Miami. Yeah. Well, twenty-five is a lot. Holy 25 shit! Twenty-five is a lot, but 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 but. The Heat don't have any options here at this point. The Heat don't have options, and the market, like, there's nobody on the market, so somebody's going to overpay. Like, the Kings would give him, like, 28, you know? Wow. That's a tough decision. (laughs) Right. Hopefully, they're hoping he probably throws him a little South Beach discount. He's going to say no. I could see him doing it for, like, a couple million a year, but... It's, it's going to depend on, on who is willing to take the flyer on him. The Lakers won't have any money, which is sick because Russell Westbrook's staying. 
I like that a lot, so I'm glad that he won't end up on the Lakers because then I wouldn't be able to like him, and I like him. All right, <laughs> enough talk about the Heat. They didn't make the finals. They were close. They were close. Okay, wait. Well, last thing about the Heat. Uh, the Jimmy Butler shot, yay or nay? Good shot. Like, I take that shot probably 99 out of 100 times. Like, I'm fine with him taking that. He had Al Horford one-on-one good reeling, sh- though. Good shot, bad shooter. Yeah. Yeah. Like, KD I... pulls that up, calling in, he swishes that. Oh, yeah. Any day oh, yeah. of the week. Yeah. I... Yeah, that's the thing, is it's, it was Jimmy Butler taking the shot, and that's just not a shot that Jimmy <laughs> just, Butler makes. It's just, just a, a heat check. Yeah, <laughs> and it's tough to do the heat check for the game with 11 seconds left. I don't know. I just think with It's him, the right situation to take that shot, too, I think. Jimmy Butler played all 48 minutes of that game, Con. You really think he wanted to play in overtime? No, and and somebody had brought that up today, and I was like, or the other day, and I was listening to it, and I was like, that's actually a really good point. Like, do you think in in the back of his head he was like, we just went on this run. (laughs) I'm fucking exhausted. Like, there's no way we win I'm in this shit now. Yeah, like, let's, let's do this. Yeah. I I mean I don't you you can't fault it because he makes it and we're sitting here talking about how clutch he is and how he's a hero and you know all that so you know props to Jimmy yep. he props if anybody Jimmy. on the Heat earned the ability to take that shot it was him so shout out Jimmy the Celtics the uh, the team that played this this Heat team and actually won they looked good to me. You know, the Heat just looked sloppy at times. Offensively, they couldn't get anything going. It it really did feel like Jimmy Butler had to pick everybody by up by the bootstretch and carry them. Yeah, Kyle Lowry looked bad. Uh, at different points, Bam looked bad. At different points, Max Struess and Gabe Vincent looked bad. Oladipo, fresh off that hot series, um with Philadelphia where he looked really good and his revitalized his name did not look great people in the Celtics looked fantastic at different points Al Horford I mean talk about a guy you know I'll uh, I'll give you a little bit of Chris Collinsworth now here's a guy Noah who up until today you know today's his last day has played the most playoff games out of any NBA player ever to not have played in an NBA Finals. You can thank LeBron for that one. Yeah, yeah, on like <laughs> 19 different teams you can thank LeBron there. Yeah, and he's he just knows how to gel with this Celtics team. His ability to pick and pop, I describe Al Horford as everything that the Bulls thought they were getting with Vucevic. <laughs> Which kind of true? Because Al Horford was a lot cheaper. Al Horford and Draymond Green are basically play the same game, con except Al Horford's better offensively. Yeah, it well, and Draymond's better defensively, but yeah, I mean the way Al Horford's been playing, con it's like close. I'll get, I'll talk. <laughs> it's you forget that Al Horford is like six nine sometimes, and that he's like really good on switching on the guards. He's that short? Not He's that six nine short, but damn, yeah, I do be forgetting that I guess. Bam's six nine too. 
I see you know that one. You know that one, but he he can just he can just jump. El Horford's a bit chunkier, so the pro that's probably why I think he's he's taller than he actually is. Alright, so no, this this Celtics team. Second seven game series in a row, take it down to the wire, win it both times. What did you see from them? What do you like? How do you think they match up against the Warriors? Take me through the gambit of the Boston Celtics this year's Eastern Conference champions. Con, you know that I have a soft spot for the Celtics, but I am remaining um, unbiased in this analysis of these two teams. And I honestly thought, Con, at certain points in that heat, like, the Heat did end up winning three games, Con, and we just talked about how terrible they played. Um, I thought the Celtics team looked, you know, not great at some points. Mm -hmm. um, but I also think the Celtics are a team, Con, that plays up or down to their competition because yeah. just around before we saw them play a fantastic series against the Bucks. So I'm not really worried about, like, their form, Con. Um, Jason Tatum. Having a fantastic playoffs con, we got, um, you know, so got to give him his props. He's averaging twenty-seven, like seven and six, basically, um, while also playing amazing defense. Mm -hmm. um, him and Al Horford con in the pick and roll out of guys in the playoffs who defended minimum twenty-five pick and rolls are giving up like point two five points per pick and roll. It's insane. Um, Jalen Brown's been really good. Marcus Smart has been good. Um, Grant Williams was good con, but he actually. Didn't have a very good series against Miami. He went 7 of 18 from 3, Con In one game against the Bucks. went 7 of 18 for 3 in the entire series against the Heat. That went 7 games. Yeah. I mean, it's not a bad um, percentage, really. But... Yeah, you know. But, but you, I like think for, I think one of the keys for the Celtics to win this series, Con one of the X factors is Marcus Smart, Derek White, and Grant Williams' 3-point shooting ability. Um mm -hmm. Derek White has been a rough... He's had a rough transition to the Celtics team, Colin. He has not been playing the best. He, he still gets opportunity, and, you know, he plays hard. Um, mm -hmm. But I think those three guys hitting threes, Colin, is a pretty big X factor for this series because one of the things for me, Colin, and why I'm, you know, maybe leaning Warriors right now mm -hmm. is that I think, I think Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, more so Jalen Brown, though, it's just not there at a consistency level yet, like points per game wise. Like you know, the mm. the Celtics just straight up need like a twenty five from Jason Tatum every night, Con, against this Warriors team. Like it, it's kind of just like that. I feel like at a certain point, um, and I think Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum might just not be there consistency wise against the offense this good against the like the Warriors. Yeah. Um, so that's why I think you know Derek White, Marcus Smart, and Grant Williams are going to have to hit those threes. Yeah, no, I definitely hear you. As good of a player as Jason Tatum has been, and the vast majority of his playoffs, he's looked like a top five dude in the league. You still gotta expect one or two games this series where he's just not gonna show up. He's gonna have like fifteen to twenty points, and they're gonna lose by like eight. You know what I mean? Yeah, or he's gonna have twelve points and they lose by thirty because he doesn't play yeah. in the fourth quarter. And, you know, bad. consistency is what, you know, sets apart con like, good players from great players. And it's just something that takes time, I think. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, it just seems like there are nights where the easy stuff doesn't go down. And he doesn't seem to, to force shots up. 
But if the easy stuff isn't going down, the easy stuff just doesn't go down for him. You know? Mm-hmm. Like he's, have we seen a game where he's taken more than 20 shots and not scored 30 points? Like, I could be wrong, but I don't think so. Like, he's, he's a guy that, you know, he knows basketball to a pretty high sense. I, I get the idea that he studies a lot of ball. It doesn't uh, doesn't matter if you can't make the shots, though. You know, and, and mm-hmm. I'm calling it. It's game three. He's going to go, like, two of 12 from the field. Damn, I'm just going to put that kind of energy on him. I'm just, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. He's going to have a game like that. You never know which Jalen Brown's going to show up. You know, he hasn't exactly been the uh, modicum of consistency either. And then, I, I I think the issue with the Celtics is you've just got too many guys that can go cold against this Warriors team. For me, like that's going to be the X factor. Like Marcus Smart is the reason that the Heat were able to come back and be in that game. He had how many open threes in the last eight minutes of the game? Five. Mm-hmm. Like open open threes, chunked them all. Mm-hmm. You can't be doing that against the Warriors. You just can't. Like, mm-hmm. you never... The the Heat kind of did go nuclear a couple times, but more because the Celtics kind of gave up at halftime. The Warriors can go nuclear whenever. Offensively, you have to be worried about them. And if you think that they're less complicated than the Miami Heat, I think you're fooling yourself there. Because I think in terms of teams left, the Miami Heat had maybe one of the most simple offenses to guard. I'm I'm low key worried, Con, that this is gonna be a um, kind of series where it's a game of runs. Like it's a lot of games where the Warriors are going on runs and then the Celtics mm-hmm. are going on runs, and now we don't get a like close finals. That's my like worst case scenario. Look at no um, point of the finals close. Yeah, well, the, the, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into that. But uh, another, this is a something that a lot of analysts have been on, Con. The analysts love the Celtics in this series, Con. Um, the, a lot of them are playing up Robert Williams' rim protection. Um, and while Robert Williams' rim protection has been amazing, Con, he's averaging mm-hmm. two blocks per game in this playoffs, and the Celtics have had a very a tough defense. Um, I think it's a bit of recency bias here, Con. Just be, the Warriors feasted against the Mavericks at the rim. Um, they scored forty nine point two points per game in the paint against the Mavs, Con, for that whole series. Um, but that mainly felt to me like it, that's because that's what the Mavs were giving up to the Warriors. Like I've never yeah. this Warriors offense has never know, been known, Con, for like their ability to get to the rim and like score in the paint. Um, yeah, I feel like that's just kind of what the are. yeah, that's kind of just what the. Mavs were giving them, so they were taking it. And I think they're the most adaptable offense in the NBA con. Um, The Celtics had a... The Celtics do not like going small con. They like playing Al Horford and Robert Williams at the same time, which they can do because Al Horford's so versatile. Yeah. Um, But the Warriors are the creator of the small ball lineup. Like, they're going to play small, and I think at a certain point, Ime Udoka is going to be for you know, take off for something like that. Um... To me, I'll take better offense every day over better defense. Best offense for best defense, I'll take best offense. On a game-by-game basis, yes. Over the course of a series? 
Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's a lot closer. I was listening to the the Zach Lowe podcast today, actually. And they were talking about how the Celtics' best lineup, their most efficient lineup this playoffs in terms of box plus minus, is Derek White, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Tatum, and Al Horford. That's their best lineup. That's the lineup they've gone to the most when, when they need buckets. And as good as Robert Williams is on defense, he doesn't do it enough on the offensive end. I, I don't know what it is. I, it's got to be the offense. I mean, he's he's not really he's not a non-factor, but you know he's there to gather up the rebounds and and get them back up. So I think that the Celtics are going to be able to handle these small ball lineups from the Warriors. I think that's a pretty versatile defensive team. And so I'm not scared by that. I would not be scared of that if I'm the Celtics. Mm-hmm. This is um this is gonna be interesting, Colin, to see how this series is officiated. Mm-hmm. Um because the Celtics are one of the most physical teams in the league, Colin, and I think one of the X factors for this is Boston's physicality versus um, the shooting of Golden State and just how refs are calling these games, Con, you know, it's going to sway into a certain team's favor, I think, because if the refs let the Celtics play physical, um, the Warriors are going to have a long night. But, you know, if the refs are calling a lot of stuff, the Warriors are going to take advantage of that over Boston. Yeah. Yeah. I I see that. I see that. And we we kind of saw the Celtics... I don't know. We we've got a good buddy who's a Celtics fan that I feel like was complaining about the refs. After the refs in that Heat series, Heat but series were doggy, but I mean they were not great. Oh, con. So both ways, both ways they weren't great. Yes. But I mean, especially down the end of Game Seven, like there were some plays where I was like, really, like that's uh, we're calling that, you know? And everything kind of felt like it was swinging a little bit in the Heat direction. So I'd love if that didn't happen in the finals, you know? Like, I I read something that, I guess, one of the... Who's the ref that was betting on games? Foster? Was, oh, I don't, I don't know that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Steve something? No, it's like, it's like Tony... Yeah, maybe. Whatever. Hey, Tony. Hey, Tony, what's going on? You roughing the game tonight? Well, and he talked about how they would get I got 20 on the Celtics. (laughs) Hey, Tony, I got 20. You know? A dollar of it's yours if you make sure I get the rest of the 19. Uh, 20? Tony, the the referee? Um, Where was I going with this? The guy, the referee who fixes games? The referee who fixes games. Yeah. Um, Did I say down the stretch... The, the I dude, I totally <laughs> lost my train of thought there. Um Heat were getting calls, Celtics did not also seem getting to calls. be getting the same Oh okay, I know what he would so the that ref. That ref <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, that took me a second. I really got derailed with the accents. <laughs> yeah, stop it. No, you're gonna make me I'm not gonna be able to remember. We're gonna have to stop the podcast. We're going to become just a memory loss podcast where you just you keep <laughs> saying Tony. I'm like, hey, where am I? What's going on here? Hey. 
Um, he talked about how when they would get to like game fours in like three O series, they would be told like you would kind of like because you get like points of emphasis before every game from the league of like what you should really be looking out for and what to call. Then basically all the points of emphasis would just be what benefits the team that's down three O so that they can mm-hmm. win the game. And it almost felt like towards the end the refs were manufacturing it so that the Heat could come back. Like there was a Jason Tatum offensive foul with like three minutes to go that they called and I was like, What are we seeing right now? Like are you looking at the same thing as me? And there were a couple of those where whistles would get blown. I'd be like, huh, really didn't feel like a Celtics foul there. So I'd appreciate if the refs kind of just let this one happen. You know? You're getting the ratings. You're getting the rating. It's the NBA Finals. People are tuning in. Let's not make our own footprint on this one. That's, Mm -hmm. That's my big ask from the NBA is it will be dramatic. We'll be able to write some storylines. It's gonna be good basketball. We don't need we don't need ref shows. We just don't. And there have been more than more than outside outside of this series, there have been other ones that I've seen where I'm like, Jesus, just calm down already. So I'd love it if we didn't have that. Is that fair to say? No, I actually want the rest to take complete control of the game. I'm only at a game to watch the rest. I actually preseason I took the refs to win it all, so <laughs> it's I would be a very rich man if they end up winning it all because you know people really didn't think they kept saying they're like hey that's not a real team that's that doesn't count how did you find that where on DraftKings did you see the refs and I'm like hey shut up it's the weekend you know hey I know a guy named Tony yeah I know a guy named Tony hey come on. All right, so, Tom. So that out of the give way. Me, give me, give me that. Uh, give me your last couple thoughts of analysis, and then the finals prediction, and uh, your finals yeah. MVP prediction. Um, I think that the Celtics are really gonna have a tough time guarding the Warriors. I think that the Warriors run so much. I, I, I just I don't see Marcus Smart being able to lock up Steph Curry like we've seen him do other people. I just don't see that happening. Uh, I read a thing that there's a good chance that Jason Tatum guards Draymond just so that he can kind of be saved on the offensive end. Um, which Draymond make that boy work. Yeah. Or maybe... Maybe they put him on Looney. Maybe that's it. That he he would guard Looney. Basically, just like whichever guy to like hide him, and gives him the most. Don't sleep on my boy Wiggins. Yeah, I. That's kind of where I was going with it. Is all right. So you hide Jason Tatum. What do you do about Andrew Wiggins then? You got. You can't put Al Horford on him. You know, yeah, like it just it to me defensively. I can I have to Grant Williams time? Yeah, maybe, maybe. Dude, like I know Ime Duka is a fantastic coach. I'm really interested to see how they come out and try and handle it. 
you know, because this, this Warriors team, like, they run around so much. They set so many screens. They try to get all these switches so quickly and just to try to confuse you. Uh, and that's not who the Heat are. It's not who the Bucks are. It's not who the Nets are. You know, the the teams they've seen in these playoffs, they run these pretty ball-dominant offenses through Grind one guy. Yeah, like, like, hey, it's me, Giannis Antetokounmpo, I'm going to put it on your fucking head, you know? Like, that's the game mm-hmm. plan. Jimmy Butler's game plan was, well, if nobody else can shoot, like, I'm going to fucking shoot, you know? The Nets just don't have enough talent to run an offense as complex as the Warriors. The Warriors don't have that, you know? Steph can have an off night, and you might not notice it. Steph doesn't need to put up 25 shots for the Warriors to win. He just simply doesn't. There's enough mm-hmm. guys on the team that can score. There's enough ball movement that they generate the open shot so that he's not hawking up a three. I'll, I'll end my... That, that's that's kind of the, the crux of my finals prediction as well. But I'll let you get in a couple points, and then we can we can talk about some finals predictions. <sighs> this is a tough one, Con, because the Celtics are a fantastic team led by Jason Tatum. Um, you know, one of the brightest talents we have in the league. Uh, they're a very good defensive team. They're a physical team. They grind out games. And they just find ways to win, Con. They just mm-hmm. Boston just finds ways to win at the end of games, which is a good trait to have. And they're battle-tested too, Colin. Beat Brooklyn, beat Miami, beat Milwaukee. Uh, the three previous teams that knocked the Celtics out in the three previous years, they beat them all in one playoff run, Colin. Um, they've showed me resilience. But they're okay. coming up against... Dem boys, Con, and the Golden State Warriors, who are clicking. They're playing Golden State Warrior basketball, Con. The offense is flowing. Um, like you said, anyone on the Warriors can do it to you. Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson, Wiggins, Steph Curry. Um, they don't rely on Curry being that 30-point-per-game kind of scorer like the Celtics kind of need Jason Tatum to be. Um, and the thing that has gotten the Warriors here, Con, is just their confidence their you know lack of ever putting their heads down their resilience their tenacity mm-hmm. um it's championship tenacity con it's what teams who win multiple rings have and at the end of the day i think the warriors are going to prevail con now the games is where it gets spicy for me con yeah you because mapped out all the games i kind of want to be bold here con and say a warriors and five I think this series is ending Warriors in five or Warriors in seven. No Warriors in six. No. Um, I'm I'm going Warriors for sure. Man, I can't I can't sell your take. All right, give me give me Warriors in seven. I think that the Celtics have two games in them where they can just flat out beat the Warriors. You know, I was, although, mm, it's going to be interesting. The Warriors have had so much rest throughout these playoffs. I mean, what, they took the Mavs out in five. They beat the Grizzlies in six, but one of the games they stopped playing after the second quarter. And then did they sweep whoever they played in the first round? The, uh, they went to five. The okay. Nuggets. Yeah, went to five. So 
They've been chilling out, Karn. Yeah, they've been chilling out a lot. Boston's flying to Golden State. Warriors are getting game one, I'll tell you that. And, oh, and uh, how do you bet against that? Something we didn't talk about, Colin, is that the Celtics are like 5-4 and four in this playoffs at home. Um, they're fantastic at, on the road. Golden State hasn't lost a home game yet. That's ridiculous. I mean, it happens when you have a cumulative of four losses. So I think the Warriors are minimum winning two games in Boston. No cap. Minimum? Warriors in five. I'm lying. I don't care. All right. I mean, because you could do it with a minimum of one there, I think. But My whatever. last hit was that I said the Mavs' sons was going to go to seven. I was pretty impressed with that one. Didn't do that. Yeah, no, you nailed that one. You did nail that one. Much better than when we had Steinar and he said that the Suns wouldn't <laughs> see a game six until the NBA finals. And, uh, hmm, they saw two and couldn't make it past the semis, so that's interesting. <laughs> I, the Pelicans took him to a game six. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so with this with this Warriors-Celtics matchup, my, my keys to the game are if the Celtics want to win this thing, you limit the production that Clay is allowed to get. You limit Steph's ability to work the ball inside. I think you let them shoot you to death. I think we've seen it this year, and especially in this playoffs, where you can kind of shoot yourself in the own foot with the just shoot, shoot, shoot mentality. And I just don't have faith in the Warriors to be able to be Splash Brother-esque Warriors and just be on every single night. I think they're going to have enough off nights. And then if you're the Celtics, you need Jalen Brown to score 20. You need him to average 24 points a game. That's my keys to the finals for the Celtics. How about you? Um... If Wiggins averages 15 points per game in this series, Colin, Warriors win. 15? Yeah, that's right at his playoff average. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you could do... He's going to get a lot of open shots, I think I think he definitely averages more than 15. Oh, you want to bet on it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I think we $2, see Andrew Wiggins... Okay, $4,000 that he averages 37 points. All-star Andrew Wiggins is coming to play. He really has been. He really has been. I mean, it's it's crazy, you know, how much I personally shit on this guy for about seven years in Minnesota because he was dog shit. And then he comes into an established team, an established program, and he learns how to play his role. Maybe everybody <laughs> should just be a role player. Let's let's ban superstars, <laughs> only role players from now on, and you just learn how to play that role, and you get really fucking good at it. I saw a tweet on it was the all Aaron Gordon team, okay. and they described it as players who came into the league and they're as good as um, their rookie years they are now. Like they basically never developed. Oh, that's so funny. And, Eric Bledsoe was the point guard. I think yeah. the shooting guard was Terrence Ross. Small forward was Aaron Gordon. 
And then the power forward, they put T. Wobbs Wiggins. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Because, I mean, it was so true. You know, you knew exactly what you were going to get out of him. And it's interesting that you brought up that point earlier that when he was playing with the second team when Kerr would let him, that his production would just drop off massively, especially his efficiency numbers. Because that just tells you he he has to respect what Stan Clough – oh, my goodness – Clay and Steph do to spread the floor and throw pool in there. Stay in Clough. Stay in Clough, baby. Stay in Clough. Stay in Clough. Um, that he's willing to play that role even though he is truly just a I want to shoot the ball as soon as it lands in my hands type of fella. Mm-hmm. So hats off to, to the leadership on Golden State for making him realize who he is and how he wins. Um, yeah, I'm excited for him. I'm excited for him. So you got Warriors in seven con? Yeah, I don't I don't really like that, but we'll take it. We'll take it. We have on the books Warriors in seven. And I'm taking Warriors in five. Um I, a bold take, yeah. but one I'll be happy to see come to fruition if it comes true. Yeah, I uh, I agree. I agree. All right, Noah, I, I I think we leave it there. I think we leave it there. Let's regroup after a couple games. Maybe we, we give the people a podcast on Sunday after we've seen these teams play. Let's see how we're feeling about these teams because I think there's just going to be a lot of – I think these are the two best teams in the NBA. I really do. Yeah. In my heart of hearts, these are the two teams that have played the best basketball all season. I like them in the NBA Finals, and I think we're going to see a very good product, a really good brand of basketball. I don't anticipate there to be a lot of blowouts. I, I think that these two teams I hope not. can go blow for blow and, and be pretty close. If we're seeing blowouts, I think it's, it's the Warriors self-destructing or just dropping the atom bomb and going nuclear I think those are the scenarios I think the Celtics are just a little too even keel to just get to make the mistakes to to play poorly enough where that happens where's yeah yeah that, that that did happen I just don't see it happening against the Warriors. <laughs> I, I don't know why. It's a gut thing. I just don't. I think that... I think that, like, it, it's that thing where they play to the competition. You know? I don't think that the Celtics players ever thought that they would lose that series. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I say that. <clears throat> you know, I think they were taking... That's true. Off. That is true. Um... You know, Con, I know we haven't recorded in a month, but I have been in the lab grinding. Um, just, you know, a little bit yeah. of future content talk here. Um, draft lottery happened, Con. Uh, the Pacers got the sixth pick. I was at a B-dubs with my friends. Other Grind. Pacer fans in there got the sixth pick. Everyone let out a groan. Um, but we have draft content coming up because you know Con and yeah. I. We love the draft. We the love drafts, predicting. 
the draft and the free agency. That's that's the bread and butter of basketball podcasting. Um, yeah, tell. free agency stuff coming up. I have been cooking up con. I do have some off season plans finished. Um, we did that last summer. That was pretty fun. I've, like I've actually got like a good amount finished con. I'm not really? gonna lie. Like maybe like six or seven. Holy shit! I think we. I just do them in my free time. I think we ended up doing like six or seven total last year. So, yeah, you know, it's kind of hard to do one for every team. Yeah, I, I was going to say, that's that's probably a good number. I mean, we can do more if you've got them cooked up. But... I've just been coming up with the most ludicrous Zach Levine trades that I can be possibly. Fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah, I, uh, I you nervous, Colin? I do not believe he will be a Chicago Bull. Really? I, I do not. Everything... Dude, the Bulls don't even know what they want to do with him at this point. Like, I, I saw, I think I saw did, that. Like, I couldn't tell if that was true scoring. or not. I believe. They don't know if he got that dog in him. They don't, yeah. I, well, I don't know if I believe that part, but <laughs> I, I believe the the other the other uh, essences of the article. The idea that they're still not sure if they want to give him a max contract or not. Which, to be fair, yeah, I don't yeah. care. What, what more he can this guy do? He doesn't deserve it. Like, he's just, he's not, I just don't think he is a good enough player to garner that kind of money. I think he's close. Like, I still think that $35 million a year. Tyler Hill money. Yeah, kind of. You know, should make you want to stay. But, I don't know, what do I know? That's another conversation. For another yeah, day. A conversation for another day. Uh, thank you guys for listening to another episode of Bench Chatter, the Common Man's NBA podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Bench underscore Chatter. Leave us a like, leave us a rating, and we'll see you soon. Peace. <laughs>